Welcome to Running It Back, the lessons learned from sports podcast. Mike Palmer here, joined again by the lovely, the talented, Tarlin Ray. Never been called lovely before. <laughs> First time for everything. And you're singing. This is the premium content strategy. It's all coming together. How are you doing, Tarlin? This is the most abrupt yeah. end to our pregame. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 12 minutes in. Mm-hmm. I made a statement and he said, speaking of that, and you just hit record. Yeah. Speaking of segues. Guess you have something to do. How am I doing? A lot of stories I could regale you with. You know, my lovely trip felt very fortunate in the middle of a busy time, school and work to be able to take a trip to Barbados. Yes. Where I could tell you the story of traveling back and forth for 58 hours and only being on ground for 54. Right. The one story I will tell you is most probably didn't even register Tropical Storm Tammy because it really mm. didn't come in hot into Florida or the East Coast. Yeah. But when you're in New York and your pilot steps out of the, what do they call it? I wanted to call it their cabin. It's the cockpit. The, it's the cockpit. The cockpit. The cockpit. Now, and now I'm thinking about airplane. I'm thinking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh just like sharing my, sharing my inside thoughts. Yeah. And he stands there and says, listen, we all know about Tropical Storm Tammy. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take off and we're going to do the best we can. Oh my God. This is before but, takeoff. But, be, but if we can't get there, we're going to go somewhere else. I guess it makes sense though, because if you're landing on an island... And there's a tropical storm out there. Does that make you feel comfortable? No. I have one more, one more from the plane. Yeah. Then two hours in, the plane drops 10, 15 feet, shimmering, yeah. pops yeah. back up. Yeah. 20 minutes later, same pilot from the, not the cabin, the cockpit. That's a yeah. tribute. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was cream. Said that was cloud debris. Cloud really debris. Hard, yep. Really hard to see. So we're going to do what we can to avoid it. But that's not the story I want to talk wow. about today. Yeah. For those who have been longtime listeners might know that I'm a little competitive. Mm. My colleague created an asinine challenge. Can I say asinine? I mean, my son's too young to even know what he can't say. Yeah. He's getting there though. It's fine. Matthew Irma. Yeah. yeah. Um, where... She is one of those colleagues during the day who, while you're in a meeting, is on one of those standing, one of those treadmills Uh, under a desk. Sure. As annoying as it could possibly be. Yeah. But she calls. You're competitive about how much. No, no, no. But work, how much work someone bopping up. And no, no, I'll tell you why. Becoming more fit than you. No, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. Yeah. So then she creates this like over 70 day challenge because. She wants to get in better shape and talks all of us into, we need to walk 10,000 steps. A day? A day. If you Uh miss the 10,000 step mark. Because 10,000 steps, you know, over like a couple months, you know, I do that on a regular. Yeah. 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 10,000 steps a day. If you miss that daily, you owe $10 in the kitty. Whoever has the most steps at the end can do what they want with the money. Nice. Charity. Yeah. She was like, you're in. And a couple things I didn't factor in. One, I have a bunch of millennials in this challenge who doing marathons and things yeah. like that. So in a day, 
where someone in the challenge ran a 348 marathon, averaged eight minutes and 38 seconds. She had 54,000 steps. Just That's one a day. Lot, a lot of steps. The other two I didn't factor in is the treadmill. Right. She's on a treadmill yeah. walking during the day. Mm-hmm. And so the last two days, she's posted 33,000 steps each day. Yeah. And three, how it would completely change my workout regimen. I haven't been on a Peloton since this. Yeah. So at 4.45 in the morning, I walk five miles. Okay. I listen to four books. I'm listening to Steve Kerr's book right now. It's actually really good. Oh, I got to check that out. Five miles. So that I locked it in. So by 7 a.m. Pacific, I've already got my 10,000 steps. Okay. Then yeah. I range between a 1.8 mile to 2.6 mile walk for dog Chia. We talked about Chia. Chia's getting a lot of love today. Yeah. And then whatever else happens, it's gravy. Right. That's all I, that's all I got. But you have a high floor. Because you build that floor into your... So I'm now averaging 19,000 steps a day. Nice. As of yesterday, I'm tied with the treadmill. Effectively, I'm 500 steps ahead. And the marathoner is 20,000 steps ahead. Right. He claims she needs to recover from, you know, running... Oh, my God. Nail-biter. So, so, so we're going all the way to December. And okay. so I just want to bring that in. But the part of the reason, one, one question I have is, and we'll get to our topic today, is it's quantified self. You're posting at the post yeah. your, your step count the next day, a picture of it. Sure. My colleague created this role because I'm on the West Coast. She didn't want people to post their step count on the East Coast and go to bed and then have me walk more. Right. To beat them. Right. But is there any way to cheat? Yes. Can I put, okay, can I put my Apple Watch on my dog? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, it's 2023, almost 2024. General Dynamics has been doing amazing work with robots. So I think you just buy a robot and a treadmill and you just put your phone there. It can be charging there. And just let the robot run overnight. You can be making up miles while you sleep. So we, we want, please, we're looking for, are there any ways to trick your phone into believing altimeter, into believing that you're walking more, your step, Apple Watch. Step, step meter, right? Your, your whoop, your right. Fitbit, I'm all ears. Because actually for someone who broke both fifth metatarsals. Right. And feel good off the Achilles. My feet are a little sore. Right. I got to say, like, I have kind of Achilles PTSD by proxy, just by virtue of talking to you whenever I see some, I think it's also just all of us have become more attuned to how just devastating that type of an injury is, especially the whole non-contact thing where like, it's just like pop. Oh, but it's well, like when Aaron Rodgers stepped back and Kirk Cousins stepped back, I was on various chats saying, Achilles, Achilles. You know, there's even discussion about whether folks are misdiagnosed or People are di- being diagnosed with Achilles tears when, in fact, it might not have been noticed before. And like then they come back with this heroic recovery. But uh, what do you think about Roger's recovery? I don't want to talk about that, dude. Yeah. Can we talk about the topic we agree to? He's standing on the sideline throwing a football. What recovery? But he was, not... up pretty, he was up pretty fast. I'm just saying, like, people are coming back. Really? Up pretty fast? How many people that have an Achilles surgery have you seen stand up? now we're tracking. I'm not giving him any credit. I'm giving him zero credit. I was standing on my toes 
walking down a hallway within six weeks. Right. Congratulations. I'm not giving you nothing. Nothing. All right. The topic that's the yeah. reason I talk, brought, talked about cheating. Yes. You got it? No, you got it. You were flowing. Was what's going on with Michigan. Right. And I love to get your reaction to this major scandal mm -hmm. in college football. Yeah. And can we run it back to any major cheating scandals in our past, over, over the last decade? Right. Or two. Yeah. Well, it's football, right? And it's spying in football. There's no spying in football. Oh, wait, no, I got that wrong. Crying in baseball. But uh, you got to go to Belichick, right? You got to go to Belichick and uh, Spygate, right? And then the Ooh. other one, as a New Yorker, I got to throw in there is Bobby Valentine in a mustache in the dugout after he's been thrown out of the game. But that's just because I'm a Mets fan and I'm looking for... Once, once again, listen. We we got to the Met season. I'm yeah. I'm sorry for your for your no, loss. I mean, spring training's right around the corner. Now yeah. we're in the next next season. I'll just yeah. say it right now. I'm sorry for your loss. Hey, hey, we we're, we're looking what, like maybe what, maybe second you're looking round. like you still have Julius Randle still on your team. Maybe second round. That's you see, maybe you're gonna and then the floor. Sucking. The floor is maybe we just missed the playoffs. It's maybe really exciting. Just, maybe really just exciting. hope for Embiid to come. That's okay. all you can really be nice. hope for. Yeah. Come home, Joel. Come home. You, you talk about Spygate, 2007, mm. right? 2007, mm -hmm. 2008 season. Belichick taping the opposing team's sideline where it's okay to videotape the team. It's just not from certain locations. Right. So Belichick had been doing it since 2000. Mm -hmm. They actually sent out a memo in 2006 clarifying we are not allowed to tape. Yeah. Pat still did it. And it's interesting, the person who basically rang the bell or, or snitched, snitches get stitches. The person who snitched on Belichick was one Eric Mangini, who was the coach of the Jets. The Mangenius coach of the Jets. Who used to be a Pat staffer. Yeah. And now felt degreed because it was their sideline that right. was being taped. He's a whistleblower. Sorry, he's a whistleblower. He's a hero. Catching that corrupt. I mean, like, to act as though Bill Belichick is not looking for every angle at every moment in his life. Talk about competitive. I wouldn't want to compete with Bill Belichick in your contest there. Although he's getting up there. So I, I think he'd probably have a shot. And he's got a lot of NFL responsibilities. But yeah, and then Jim Harbaugh you know, at Michigan, who is really at the center of this scandal, although they're trying to kind of offload it, similar to even, you know, in Buffalo, looking at Sean McDermott firing his offensive coordinator, you know, like scapegoating with your staff is a, a long and storied approach to dealing with sanctions in football. But Harbaugh, who is now pulling the Belichick here where everybody's looking for an edge and he is kind of the mastermind behind the, the program there. He's out there. Have you watched any of his press conferences? No, I, I haven't. Let, before we get there, because we have somewhat douchebag on douchebag, Belichick and Harbaugh, they, they, they flow from the same, a part of the same cloth. So yeah, lower level staff doing some filming. You get caught, Belichick, $500,000 fine, the largest fine in NFL history. Yeah. Pat's ding, 250000 And then the next two years, Pat's lose their draft picks. 
Right. So is it worth it? I mean, it's usually not worth it if you're caught and sanctioned, but the sanctioning, I mean, they did fine. There was plenty of upside for the organization on the other side of 2000. And before that. So Melchick standpoint, Kraft, the owner, hey man, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Pats, what they almost called mini Spygate 2. They had a staffer up on the Bengals in their press box, just doing some early sort of walkthrough and was caught filming the sideline. And yeah. he was like, oh, just trying to get shots of the field. And, and security guy was like, that's not the field. And so still trying. So is the line, if you ain't cheating, you're not trying. Right. So from Belichick's perspective, you give him a hard pass. You, you don't care. Whatever. It's worth I, it. I, I mean, I, I feel like character is character. And folks demonstrate their character and how they compete. It's a very competitive league. Everyone's looking for an edge. You know, to me, it does bring me to the steroid era as well, where there are elements of the ways in which people cheat. The fact that the NFL had to document the bylaws so rigorously is a sign that everybody's doing stuff like this all the time. Everyone's looking for an edge. I think it's not too big a deal. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned the steroid era. More of that heat fell on the players. And granted, there are a lot of players. They might have been in the Mitchell Report, but not a lot happened. What's happened is players who should absolutely, absolutely be in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. are not in the Hall of Fame. Give me a break. Barry Bonds is a stud. Just right. put him in the Hall of Fame. But the organizations themselves, that was more player. The organization themselves took none of the heat. Right. And I got to believe, and I had a chance to talk to some baseball players, that stuff is just openly happening. Right. You have trainers and others making sure that you're on the right regiment. It's not happening solo. Right. So, well, that, that was my point. There were folks who were supplying the PEDs back in the day who lost their jobs. And the, that industry did get clamped down significantly, even if it is now incorporated in new ways. Like the, the main impact to the, you know, anti-steroids era in MLB, which followed the steroids era when they were all, you know, breaking records is that the the kind of black market undercover steroid provisioning engine was regulated. And that's similar to what you're seeing with the way the NFL has regulated hit stuff. And I would imagine the Michigan scandal is going to make sidelines of college football games more regulated. The fact that the guy was like undercover at Central Michigan. Yeah. But hold on, let's get to Connor Stallings. This is this guy. Before we get there, Houston Astros, 2017. Yes. Won their first World Series. And as Doyer fans, still massively pissed off at the sign-stealing scandal where they had a video camera in the outfield focused on the catcher and stealing signals in order to pass signals onto the batters. Via, like, isn't there, like, trash cans? Banging trash cans. That's the part that makes that story interesting to me is, like, there has not been a randomized controlled trial of you just have people banging on trash where, cans where, down there the RCT? with no, no reason, but just maybe hearing trash cans somehow stimulates good hitting. I don't know. I'm just, I'm so, speculating. First world series in their history, beat the Dodgers. Was it worth it? You know, there are a few guys that got nicked for it. Leno, the GM, Hinch, right. the coach, Cora, 
who yeah. was Carlos uh, Carlos Beltran. Carlos Francia was is, the only player named in it. He was the Mets coach, and then he he's went away. Still not the Mets manager because of this. This is all part of this timeline, this cursed timeline that we're on. If they just let it go, Beltran would have been manager back when uh, Callaway was manager. And, and there's one. It's the intern Derek Figoa, who later became the senior manager who started this whole thing by giving the GM access to something he called the code breaker, mm. which enabled them to see the sign. So was it worth it? Houston, they won again in 2022. We all see them as cheaters. The next year in spring training, in the first five spring training games, seven Houston Astros were plunked because of the yep. sign, the, the cheating. And Dusty Baker had to cry to the MLB to say, can you please stop pitting my players? Right. So was it worth it? Belichick, slap on the wrist. Yeah. Astros as the franchise, two World Series, and they've been pretty prominent over the last, and since 2017, they've, they've been in the hunt. So, right. worth it? I think it probably is worth it if you think about it from the perspective of it's easy to be motivated. It's easy to motivate your team when you got the nobody believes in us, everyone's out to get us. You got a built in motivator right there and then you also assuming you can comfortably play the heel and the heel in this case is you know similar to our politics perhaps the heel in this case is saying that they're actually being persecuted and the problem is the system it's not me that lane has been getting wider and wider and more people are opting in and i'd say what harbaugh is doing what belichick has done over the years the cheater who then cries foul when they're accused of cheating they can rally a squad you get a little bit of a, a boost assuming the the personalities kind of gel together that way and from a competitive advantage perspective it helps you know I've, it looks like you know michigan could win this year you know and it's funny right. that they're they're saying they're america's team you yeah. know that is a little ironic let's go to the khaki yeah. All right, I'm going to read off some things. 2015, yeah, yeah. 40, 42 to 13. 2016, 30, 27. 2017, 31, 20. 2018, 62, 39. 2019, 56, 27. That's 0 and 5 against the Ohio State. Yeah. 2019, in that year, we had one. This is, we've been waiting for this guy, Connor Stallions, yeah. to join the Michigan staff. Is that his real name? That's just. And someone who diehard Wolverine actually got into Michigan, but wanted to be the Michigan coach and thought the better path was him to go to, to the military because he'd charted and seen other coaches go that path. So he was on staff and then ultimately quickly started volunteering for Michigan and then got onto the staff. He had already created what he called his own Michigan manifesto. Mm. I don't know if he was reading up on a Unabomber and other things. He acted alone, though. We're saying he, yeah. act, he acted alone. 100%. Well, he acted alone. And when the heat, when, when the Fed got closer, when the Big Ten and NCAA, NCAA got closer, Chris Partridge, you know, assistant coach, linebackers coach, just happened to destroy computer evidence. But he was definitely acting alone. Mm -hmm. And this got even better. Because Carl Stallings was definitely acting alone. But when Uncle T, so good, Uncle T 
the Michigan booster yeah. was paying for Stallions tickets to hand out to other people to, to videotape the sidelines of their opposing the opposing teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. He definitely was not acting alone. So since Stallions joined the staff against Ohio State, 42-27, 45-23, Michigan heroes, they have not won at all, including losing 51-45 last year in a shocking loss. So Michigan has recruited well. They... Last year, which was shocking, they had one of the best defenses ever, and TCU players were wide open. And it's amazing for Sonny Dykes to come out later when this and the scandal was cropping up to say, "Oh, we knew they had our sons." Part of the reason I knew is because I have friends in the coaching and yeah. the coaching ecosystem. So we we had dummy signals, yeah. and you could see how flustered Michigan was during the game. Right. Right. So one was Connor Stallions act, acting alone. Because how do you act alone if he's the head recruiter and you're getting signals? He doesn't, he's not holding on to that information himself. Sure, so it has sure. to be passed on yeah. new offensive oh, coordinators. He's a, he's a scapegoat. Defense. Ken Dorsey in Buffalo is the same thing. Head coaches decapitate below to save their neck. You know, like that's, that's what happens. So how high does it go? It certainly goes to Harbaugh, and then anyone who has Harbaugh, like apparently the AD and Harbaugh don't get along that great. Anyway, like having Harbaugh is not necessarily a treat. So I imagine anyone who is managing a personality like Jim Harbaugh knows that things are not purely on the up and up in terms of following the rules around competitive practices. So I would say it probably goes to the, you know, I imagine the whole athletic department knows what's going on here. So is it unprecedented? To have a coach in a single year, one gets suspended three games for recruiting violations during COVID. Yeah. Two gets suspended another three games for spying, illegally spying on. Now, it's okay, by the way, to get film on other people's sidelines. You just can't do it in person. Right. That's weird. So sign stealing has been around forever. Batters looking back to see what the catcher is going to do. You're constantly dudes in poops standing, sneakily standing yeah. in someone's huddle. Right. They're always trying to get advantage, but it's such a weird, like, so do you think the rule is bullshit? I mean, I, it's like anything, like when you get into these shady areas of governance, you got to draw a line somewhere. And usually when people get caught for breaking one of those rules, they're probably breaking others as well. It's like a slippery slope. And then the flip side is also true, where if you're in a competitive universe and other folks are getting an advantage by doing something, pushing a line, but maybe staying within the boundaries, you're going to do it too, just so that they don't have an unfair advantage over you. So I feel like it's partly organizational dynamics when you're competing against other organizations bound by similar rules. You want to keep an eye on what other people are doing. And if someone has an advantage, you want to catch up as fast as possible. I get it. I mean, you and I, Tarly, you know, we're big Dan Fosbury fans, you know, like I'm a more believer in your competitive advantage is your differentiation and your just when they think you're going to zig, you zag and you got the deeks and the jukes, a little bit of head fakes here and there. You're showing your age today. <laughs> it's all good, dude. But to me, I think the idea that crying a foul of someone 
unless there is a, a genuine competitive advantage. It's the same thing with Deflategate, which came later, oh, which, which is the same thing where it's like, it's, you know, kind of who cares how inflated your balls are, although you can make a lot of entertaining jokes about it, you know? And then the fact that they're trying to rig it for themselves at home is something people have been doing for years, but many folks are able to adhere to the rules enough so that they don't get flagged. And then some people push it, you know, especially in the NFL where flags are like, so much a part of the game breaking the rules is like pretty foundational especially football but also basketball too like fouls are part of the game you know so and technicals ejections draymond <laughs> we didn't talk about that element and then as fans you know from a sports narrative perspective from a motivation perspective the idea that there are people you're rooting against there are people you actually you know for me as a giants fan you know the cowboys were america's team and that has built in me a, a deep hatred of, of the Cowboys. And I still kind of view them as America's team because I'm always going to root against them because they're called America's team. You know, that's why it is a little Putin-esque. It's a little uh, Trumpian for Harbaugh to then connect Michigan with America's team. But I think America has changed in that America. You'll get booked. The ratings for Michigan football will be going up next, next weekend's this. game. My wife's going to that game with her brother. My, her brother's diehard Michigan fan. He doesn't yeah. like when I text him. Hell to I just the, no, I text him uh, cheater. Uh, <laughs> He's not happy with that. That game is going to be over the top. Mention a couple of things. And he may pull a Bobby Valentine Harbaugh. He'll be there. You know, with the with the fake mustache, not khakis. Keep an eye out. You heard it here first. I think it'd be in his Pushing the boundaries. We just saw it in the NFL game. All coaches are, you're supposed to report injuries. This, this may sting a little bit because it's hurt my fantasy team, but Burrow walked off the airplane yeah. with a, a splint on, did not report a wrist injury, and mm -hmm. then he's out with a torn ligament and the claim is off of off a tackle and no he had and she had a pre-existing injury that yeah did not when you were saying it's going to sting a little i thought you meant because he's a fellow ginger but that's a separate topic entirely i didn't realize he's a ginger oh, all right yeah. yeah yeah but pushing the boundaries not only in sports i mean but, he's not like an andy dalton ginger but, <laughs> but we'll let him in yeah ginger adjacent you guys are just bringing him in it's one of your heroes and he's like i'm not a ginger Auburn, um, is it auburn hair i don't know i don't know I haven't looked that close. Pushing the boundaries, not only in sports. So let's talk about you live in New York. Yeah. Uber is one of those companies that massively pushed the boundaries. They would not be in New York City. They crushed yeah. the tax medallion, the tax industry, because they just flaunted against the rule. They, they did not mind if yeah. a taxi driver had to adhere to 19 different rules. They adhered to two. One mm -hmm. dude just got off the couch and started driving, folks. Yeah. Airbnb. Yeah. Pushing the boundaries. Although in New York, the boundaries are pushing back, you know. They're it pushing is back, a... but I'm saying to start, to get going, sure. to launch, to be massively successful, to be a brand that everyone knows, yeah. to go public. There are people that, there are black and white, and there are people that play in the grays. And the, sure. if you look across the board, there are a lot of stars that played in the grays mm -hmm. for years until the authorities catch up. And then you have enough of groundswell of sport and lobbying, enough money to fight back and pay a little bit of fine, 500000 Bill Belichick. There's $328 million fine. Uber yeah. is paying off Uber and Lyft combined. Okay, we'll pay it. Just build it into your calculus, Carlin. So is that the new venture deck? 
hey, we know we're breaking this law, but we believe that we'll get enough critical mass. And by year seven, when they catch up to us, we'll just pay it off. This brings me to Sam Altman, recently ousted from OpenAI. This is yep. just in. You saw this, right? Yep. It's the same thing. It's like if you can say, you know, if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying until there are repercussions. And the question is like the systemic rot, the cultural toxicity, at what point does it actually break so bad that it can't come back? Look at the Patriots now. You know, they had an incredible run, but there's a point where you got to shake things up. You got to kind of bring in a new culture. I celebrate the two and eight right now. It's the Patriot way, you know, and I'm a believer that, you know, at least in terms of your own narrative, you don't want to really embrace the gray, you know, like, I, I don't think that's what you want to do as an individual, but at the same time, everybody's looking for an edge and some folks are more blessed with some other advantages. So then, you know, does bring you back to Rodman more within the context of the game. Draymond, you know, same thing. Draymond. Draymond? I don't know. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. Draymond. Yeah, man. Draymond Green. Draymond Green, but uh, like a chokehold, you know? And unlike Rodman, I felt like Rodman would try to get into people's heads and like was kind of playing a game within the game a little bit differently than Draymond. Draymond's actually just like thuggish tactics on the court, but it is, he's kind of like Bill Lambeer. You know, like there is that same element, at least in the history of the NBA, of players whose brand is, you know, Danny Ainge was like that as a competitor. He's, you know, arguably cleaned it up and is doing a nice job now as an executive. But like, you talk to Tree Rollins, you know, he might have another opinion. He bit Tree Rollins is here. The new Danny Ainge is Grayson Allen. So the takeaway I'm hearing from you is everyone's going to push the boundaries. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. It's whether or not you can live with yourself in the grays. I think a lot of folks, they want to do it the right way. Yeah. And karma's a bitch. So I am rooting for, I have a split allegiance family from Toledo and Mansfield. Wife went to Michigan, brother-in-law Michigan. Mm. It's a great school. I'm actually hoping that khakis go down. Yeah. Because I like to have a level playing field. And the good thing is this is just a chat between you and I, so no one in my extended family will hear this. Yes, of course. Uh, just, and this for the is, first, first time I mean? ever in my life, go Buckeyes. Excellent. All right. Well, that'll do. Thanks again for your time, Tarlin. It was a fantastic conversation about cheating, what's happening at Michigan University right now and some lessons we might draw from that connections to the history of sports. Final thoughts, any parting comments? I know you're pulling for the Buckeyes. Anything else while I have you here? I want everyone to have a great turkey day. 5K turkey trot with the family, but 5K is still not enough steps to get over 10,000. So still crowdsourcing ways. Yes. That the robot's a little expensive, a little heady, like on the treadmill. So any other ways that you figure out how to manufacture steps without actually doing the steps, I'm in. This is after me saying I'm going to root for the non-cheater. I'm willing to break a few. I'm really just a long contest. Yeah. And I don't think I can average 19,000 steps mm -hmm. through the end of the year. Right. So pray for me. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, Tarlin, like you said, we all have to live with ourselves. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back again soon.
This is Running It Back.